So, so then segueing that into politics and where you're choosing to run, yeah. right? The third congressional district. I mean, I think your your message resonates, right, with a lot of people, especially I think that these these men, um, myself being LDS and seeing there's a certain pattern you're supposed to follow, mm-hmm. which you probably internally are struggling with, right? That am I doing right or not doing right? Am I whether it's my church or it's my family or my being who am I being true to? So so that resonates for sure, and I think that that's probably across the country. Um, now your message, though, you're obviously you don't pull punches, and you're not you are who you are. How do you you bridge the gap then? And now as we're going to go into the hopefully the political segment here of things is um, you have a very socially conservative constituency, right. people who you know are going to be like can't say those words. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to say, okay, I want to vote for this guy because I like what he says, but I don't like how he says it kind of thing. So I'm sure that you've talked to people about this before, and I'm sure that you've heard some sort of message about that. So how do you bridge that gap of listen to my message and don't get offended or mad at how I'm bringing it to you because I'm just telling you the truth kind of thing. So You know, it's interesting because if you think back to Trump, Okay. And I don't care if you like him or if you don't like him. It doesn't matter if you voted for him or didn't vote, didn't vote for him. But if you think back to like when he announced his candidacy, like people laughed at him. They're like, dude, there's no freaking way. Yeah. The guy, he's, had, he's, he's lost money. He's had bankruptcies, right? They, they pull all, all the stuff. He loves women and boobs. And he said pussy. And all, <laughs> all of, right? Yeah. I, I mean, when you stop and think about it, the dude was as far from what a politician, quote, was as any human being could be. But the one thing that I think everyone across the country, and I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, if you really, if you really are honest, like most people can't be honest because they have to stay by the labels and the things and the R and the D and the whatever. But yeah. if you really think about Trump, you look at him and he's doing, he's still doing the same thing with, with Twitter and the whole thing, which shut him off, shut him off. Every single person I truly believe can step back and say, I might not like the guy, but I know that he's telling the truth. Now, I might not agree with it. That's fine. You don't need to agree with me, but at least you know that I'm telling you the truth. And I think that's what's missing in politics. That's what's missing in our world. I think that's the the shift Malcolm Gladwell talked about in uh, the tipping point where the pendulum swings back and forth. And we've, we've been in this pendulum swinging so far for social acceptance and, 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 and and like what the, uh, um, what's socially acceptable and political correctness and you can't say this and you can't say this and you can't say this and you can't do this. So when somebody shows up and says, no, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to say, people are like, oh my gosh, yeah. you can't say that. Well, actually I can. And I don't really give a damn what you think. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's not illegal. It's just different. Yeah. And I think that's what's really interesting about what Trump has done is he's opened this conversation up to people where it's like, I don't need to be politically. What is political correctness? Because I might believe something different than you. That doesn't make me an asshole. Yeah. That doesn't make me wrong. That just means I believe something different. But we've literally been, again, going back to this elementary school ideology that we, we, we should only speak when asked a question. And we can't say anything that's going to offend anybody else. So we just become mute. And that's really what our society has become is we, we don't think we have any power. We have 328 million Americans. We have 535 control and rule and whatever, whatever. Like we, 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 it's just not common sense, but yeah. we've been programmed and programmed and programmed. We've got the media shoving it down our throat yeah. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And now all of a sudden this dude comes along and is like, 
literally the exact opposite of everything that we've been taught, that we've been programmed, that we voted for, and all of a sudden he wins, and it's like, holy shit. And so when Chaffetz decided to step down, you know, me being me, I'm like, I've always talked about running for president. I want to run for president, you know, because I truly believe that, that the political correct conversation and, and this, that, and the other, I mean, I don't give a damn what you like, who you like, if you want to sleep with a boy or a girl or a, whatever, I don't give a shit, yeah. right? But again, that's political correctness. We can't talk about any of that stuff. I really truly believe we're moving into an era where we're moving more towards the masculine. The pendulum is swinging. And at Donald Trump, I said this the day that he announced his candidacy, he's the tip of the spear. Because you're seeing guys like me step up and Kid Rock step up and other people step up where, you know, I don't say things the way that everyone else says them. I say them the way that I, I say them. Yeah. And I say the words that come into my mind. I mean... When I get up every single morning, I don't tell God, hey, give me this and I'll give you that. I don't negotiate with him anymore. I did that for a long freaking time. I was bartering with God. Yeah. I said, hey, you know what? Thank you for a new day. I'm eternally grateful. Put the people in front of me that you need me to meet and put the words in my mouth that you need me to speak. And I'm going to just go about your errand. And, and so when Chaffetz stepped down, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to run. And I, I kind of floated it out there on social media. And I had some people reach out and say, dude, are you for real? And then some people were like, you should. And I'm like, okay, well, I know that I can't win in the state as a Republican because it is a special election. It's so short. I don't have the name ID. Yeah. Um, I can't really compete in that. I know that if I went through the primary and caucus system, I, I, I wouldn't even have a, a chance. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, how could I win? What could I do to drop the biggest boulder in the pond? And it was like, well, you can put your name literally on the November ballot by running as an unaffiliated candidate. I hadn't raised any money. I hadn't talked to people. I literally called a buddy of mine who's involved in politics here, and I said, hey, I don't know anything about a campaign. Like, how do I do this? He's like, you got to find a campaign manager. Help me find somebody. And so, you know, I, I think as people have heard me more and more and more, um, everywhere that we've gone, everyone that we've spoken to, every event that we've done, people say all the same thing. They're like, look, you, I don't want to agree with some of your language, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that's really refreshing to people to not necessarily say, well, I'm going to, if he says this, I have to start saying this, but they know that I'm going to, I'm going to do the shit that I say I'm going to do and that I believe it. And that's where I think Trump really, really helped people see like he wasn't going to be bought. He wasn't going to be part of the system. He essentially ran as an independent out of the gates. And, and that's kind of where I'm coming to the table saying, look, I know I'm trying to climb Mount Everest like blindfolded with one freaking arm in this in this you know yeah. special election here in Utah, but I'm gonna freaking fight and and you know uh, why can't I win? Why can't I be part of this? Why can't I be part of the system? Because as you say, I mean, everybody that I that I talk to that I sit down with and I meet, they're like, dude, I agree with you. Yeah, like I like what you're saying. I agree with what you want to do in D.C. I agree with lower taxes. I agree with a flatter consumption tax. I agree with getting the federal government the hell out of my life in every area. My kids' schools, banking, insurance, like let's just have them protect the national interest of America and let us do everything else. And I'm like, amen. That's yeah. what I'm here for. Yeah. So, But it's such a radical different message that I think people, again, it's the programming. How they've been programmed and um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, so then tell me, um, I'll get into some specifics as, as far as like what, you know, policies and whatnot and kind of your platform, but I'm curious to know then what, um, how are you doing right now? I mean, you're, 
you've kind of alluded a couple of times on your, on your social media that, that the polls, they don't include you and whatnot. Sure. So how are you tracking how you're doing and how is that comparing to your other... I have no idea where they're at. I have no clue. I mean, I, I, I believe, you know, uh, as much in the polls as I do in like me understanding nuclear fission, which I don't know shit about it, right? <laughs> um, I mean, the polls are a joke. They had Trump down by 30 points, 30 days from the election. Right, you know, it's just, right. I mean, it, it's just... Again, it's part of the game. It's part of the system. And, and the sheep, people have been lulled to sleep. Yeah. And they believe it. And so one of the polls I actually wasn't even included on. They show me at 0%. So the news is like, Sean Whalen pulling in at 0%. I'm like, well, no fucking shit. If you don't <laughs> put my name on there, no one's going to know who yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't really know where they're going. I know that you know uh, my opponents, especially the Republican candidate, I mean, a lot of people know him. He's been around in the political scene for a while. And he fits the image. He fits the mold. He's, he's very much the what people of Utah would suspect that that would be the best choice to go back to D.C. and it's like you're looking like a bishop. Kind you, of a, you, you look like it. You smell like it, it you know, whatever. But, yeah. you know, what I've explained to people over and over and over again is they said we have a big problem in D.C. And the problem is we have 535 people on a bike. So we don't have a tandem bike. We have a 535-seat bike. And this bike just rides around the block over and over and over. And it's the same rhetoric. It's the same bullshit. It's the same stories year after year after year. Taxes are not going down. Yeah. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care if you're Catholic, Mormon, Protestant, Jewish. They're not going down. Your taxes are not going down. Healthcare is not getting better. Shit is, I mean, it's not serving the people. So this bike just keeps going around the block and... Every now and again, a congressman or senator will come off and we'll put another one on. And every now and again, one will jump off or he'll be kicked off and we'll put another one on. But at the end of the day, we the people are not driving the bike. And that's the problem is that we have the special interest and the big business and and everybody else driving that bike. And and somehow we keep thinking and we keep, we, we the people keep buying into the same rhetoric that we hear. Like, I'm going to go to D.C. and fight for the people. And my first question to somebody like that is like, okay, well, what exactly are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to reach across the aisle. I mean, you know, Bennett, who's, who's in this race. Great guy. I met him a handful of times. He's very well-spoken, orates really well. But he's like, I'm going to be the, the politician that goes and, and stands in between the aisle and, and negotiates the deals. And I'm like, bro, we've heard that for 50 fucking years and it hasn't happened yet. Like, what makes you so special? And, and then we hear from some of the other candidates. I'm going to go and I'm going to fight for the people and I'm going to... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like we yeah. hear the same rhetoric. Same and so thing. when I come to the table and I say, I'm literally going to propose a flatter consumption tax, and then I'm going to personally call out every single congressman or senator that doesn't vote on it with me, and then we're literally going to go to the airwaves, we're going to go to social media, and we're going to completely like call them out, put them on public blast so that they don't get reelected. Oh my gosh, that's that's harsh. That's a, do you have a better idea? Yeah. Do you have a better proposition? Because yeah. as we speak, the debt is good. I mean, we're, we're more in debt. We just passed 20 trillion with the Republican controlled houses. And so all these people that are like, oh, I got to vote for the R. We literally live in a state where I could, you, you could put Osama bin Laden on this ticket as a Republican. And I bet you, I bet you that he'd probably get a couple hundred votes out of the state because people are that asleep that they just walk in, they punch the R and they yeah. walk out. See you later. And and that's the problem that we have is that the definition of insanity is banging your head against the wall over and over and over again trying to get a different result. We keep sending the same damn people to DC and nobody has candidly, nobody has the cojones big enough to take on the system. But number two, everybody's there for a job. 
I mean, my opponents are going there for a job. They want to be there for a long period of time. They want to go in, be part of the system, be part of the club. Candidly, they want to put a big, huge, fat, lazy boy right on that bike, find their comfy seat, and just ride that son of a bitch around the block as long as they can. And that's what I'm saying. That's the problem here. That's ultimately what, what is causing us, us, we the people, America, 320 million Americans, to not have our taxes lowered, to have spending continue to be literally out of freaking control, to now have our debt surpass $20 trillion with, quote-unquote, the conservatives at the helm. Yeah. We have the yeah. conservatives at the helm, and we just crossed $20 trillion. Explain it to me, people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's, uh, I got explained to me a long time ago that uh, it's kind of like just a uh, WWE, right? You've got these two sides that come out, and they're just actors. Behind closed doors, we're partying and going to the same dinner, the same place, right? It's, just it's what it is, man. So, so you're, you're, you got some big thoughts and you got some big, big uh, goals to get in there and really, I think, just uh, cause a ruckus. And the, the, you know, the pessimist will say, "Well, you're just one. Right. How are you going to make a dent in this huge machine that's?" It's very well oiled, as we can see right now. It doesn't right. matter L or R, uh, left or right. You're going to be, you know, getting more debt there. So, how do you, as Sean Whalen, congressman from the third district of the state of Utah, start to make those changes? Every machine can be broken. I mean, there, there's a there's a a two hundred million dollar airplane sitting on the tarmac at Salt Lake City International Airport that's grounded because of five dollar part. Like every single machine can be broken and I want to be the guy that goes into DC and drops the rock right in the top and says, okay, now let's rebuild it the way the people want it rebuilt. I believe that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are out there just like me, just like Kid Rock, just like Donald Trump that are like, this is bullshit. But they know that they can't fight the system alone. They know they can't go about it. So that's why to me this is so important and and almost historic uh, having Trump win. Forget the policies, forget any, for just the fact that he is who he is and he came in the way that he came in. He bucked the entire system. He wrote, he, he wrote a whole new rule book. Yeah. He literally gave us a blueprint of how to take on the entire establishment. Can I do that in three months in a special election? We'll find out next week. But at the end of the day, there are many, 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 many people like me. And, and how do I gauge this? You asked about the polls earlier. I gauge because I get... 10, 15, 20 people a day that are just people that know me sending me images of their ballots going in. That's a, that's a lot more than a 0% poll that, that these assholes have been freaking reporting about. Yeah. But I also realize that I have thousands and thousands and thousands of comments on my posts and on my videos saying, I wish you lived here. I wish you lived here. I wish you lived here. And these are all people that are like, dude, I'm in. I'm in for what you're talking about. I'm in for the revolution. I'm in for change. I'm in for dropping a freaking rock in the deal. I'm in for shaking shit up. Did Trump know how he was going to build a wall? Hell no, he didn't know how he was going to build a wall. He told us he was going to have Mexico pay for it. What we've seen, he's propositioned Mexico. Mexico's like, screw you, we're not paying for it. But think back through like just that conversation. But what he's doing, I mean, if you look at at, at illegal illegal immigration, it's down significantly since he's taken office. Fact. Not rhetoric, not bullshit. Illegal immigration is down statistically since he's taken office. Okay? When you start thinking through this, like... You know, we have to dismantle the system. We have to pull it apart. And one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to be rapid, quick, and very, very explosive, or it's going to be more and more men, women like me coming to the table saying, okay, I'm in. I'm going to do this. I don't need to do this. I've told people very candidly, I mean, Trump made over $120 million the year before he ran for president. 
oh, he's in it for the money. Are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> the dude's a multi-billionaire. He flies around, a, not a private jet, a jumbo freaking jet with his name on the thing. Yeah. He's getting paid 400k a year. I make way more money than 174 thousand dollars a year, which is what a, con- a sitting congressman makes. Yeah. So when you stop and look at like the why behind it, I think more and more people are waking up saying, you don't necessarily have to. That's why my video went viral, making fun of the politicians. You don't have to have the tie and the lapel pin to be an American. You can wear jeans and cowboy boots and still be fighting for the people. Yeah. And I think more and more people are waking up to this notion and believing, like, look. We've been doing it this way for 50 years. I mean, my opponent, the Republican, and and everybody else, they show up, they look the same, they say the same, literally look through every debate. It's canned rhetoric. It's the same answer they've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, which plays for the party, which plays for the deal. And ultimately, people are going to put them on that bike. But we, the people, are going to put that person on a bike, and then we're going to be pissed off and wonder why we're not getting any results. Yeah. So when a guy like Trump shows up, it's like, we can't vote for him. When a guy like Sean shows up, it's like, did he just say shit? Politicians can't say shit. He's wearing jeans and, and freaking cowboy boots. Where's his suit? I think way more people, man, are, are waking up and there's plenty of me out there. Yeah. And I think once people see that this is real and somebody like me can make it to D.C., you're going to see people popping up left and freaking right. And if, and if we can do with social media what I'm proposing we do, which is put these congressmen and senators on blast, expose their shit. How does Maxine Waters live in a $4.7 million house as a congressman or a senator? If she saved every dime from every single paycheck she's ever had as a congresswoman, yep. she could still not afford – and that's not including her spending it on anything. She yep. still couldn't afford that freaking house. Yep. How the hell is she living in a four, almost $5 million home as a congresswoman? This is the shit that I want to freaking put on blast. This yeah. is the stuff that I want to put through these social media channels out to the American people so that ultimately Maxine Waters doesn't win again. Ultimately, guys like you, guys like me in, in Nebraska and Tennessee and Florida and Virginia and Maine and Michigan and, and Washington and Idaho and California start saying, you know what? I'm in the game. Yeah. And then ultimately we become the minority. We, the people who are like less government, smaller government, significantly less spending, like 60%. 70% less spending, just literally cut 70% of the government freaking in half. How do we do that? It's very, very easy to do. It's going to piss a lot of people off, but it's what we do. And ultimately, we lower taxes. It's, it's how this country was set up to be. We've just kind of gone down that third grade education route, which is sit down, quiet down, don't say anything, don't rock the boat. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a... a uh going to put it lightly rough on feathers, right? So that's, which is fine. Right. You know, sometimes that has to happen, obviously. And with the way that it's going, we know that it's not sustainable. That there's no way you can continue to add a trillion and a half dollars uh, to the, the deficit every, every year. And uh, yeah, it's just not gonna happen. So for us to be, you know, to be even a country, you know, probably 50 years or so. So you, so it sounds like your hope then is that you want to inspire People around the country, like you, to get involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, over the last year, just through social media with me sharing what I'm sharing and being as open as I have, I've had literally thousands of of men and women, like, message me, say, dude, you have no idea. Like, this posted this. This I've had people tell me that they've walked away from a gun, ending their life. And that's not, like, made up bullshit. I've got literally thousands of messages that I've screenshotted and saved of people saying, like, You'll never know how much your mess... Just watching you live your life has inspired me to burn my shit to the ground and start over. To truly be a lion versus a sheep. I mean, it's a very simple concept. Yeah. It doesn't take very much thinking. 
lion or sheep, you pick. Yeah. It's not a it's not a mathematical algorithm. People look at it and they start becoming aware, going, "Shit, I'm living like a sheep." Uh, I mean, I want to do this, and so now you start seeing the opposite. And I truly believe that that the way that this pendulum is swinging, Donald Trump, as I said before, he's the tip of the spear. You're going to see guys like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, who could legitimately win the presidency as an actor. You saw Ronald Reagan do it, yeah. you know, but we forget because of the programming and the way and the conditioning. And so I believe, my personal opinion is what I'm seeing, and, and this is ultimately why my business is growing, is I consult with people about this. I, I work with people on kind of understanding the why. Everything's so superficial in, in the world with our ads and our programming and everything else. Like I like to look behind it. And I truly believe that America's at a tipping point, which is what Malcolm Gladwell talked about. And that pendulum has reached its apex, and it's swinging back in the opposite direction, which is the day and age of plain conversation. Political correctness is basically like, we don't give a shit about that, right? Yeah. A very, very small people, group of people have, quote-unquote, become the, the majority through media, through propaganda. But we, the people, really want something different. And, and I think there's millions of people... Behind what it is that I'm, I'm saying, I mean, hell, sixty something million believed with what, what Trump was saying, right, right, you know. So, I had a, I, I made a post on my Facebook page, and uh, I know we'll probably wrap up here pretty soon. Um, I want to ask you. To me, there's a, uh, and I, my my Facebook post was, hey, I'm interviewing Sean Whalen. What do you want me to ask him? Sure. And I had a guy. Um, sounds like he's very much either economically or politically inclined. And this is one of his questions. Okay. And I want you first, before you answer the question, ask me, is this guy part of the solution or part of the problem? Okay. In the way that I guess that he phrases it and what he wants to know. He said, let me keep giving like six questions. So. <laughs> oh shit, Sean's coming on? Yeah. I want to know everything. So he goes, um, recognizing that, recognizing that ca tax cuts do not pay for themselves, and even Reagan had to raise taxes ten times, and then Bush after him, and then Clinton after him, to get to the point where we were no longer running huge deficits. Remember, Sean, you want to uh, balance the budget as much as possible, after all. And that the most prosperous for the middle class in our nation's history also had a top marginal to income tax rate of 90% for top earners, and the inequality and income gap grew exponentially after the Reagan cuts and has remained higher ever since. Would you be willing to consider new taxes and tax increases to accomplish your goal of paying down the debt rather than trying to balance the budget on the backs of the poor and the needy? No. Plain and simple, no. The, and the only reason I say no is very simple. Raise taxes. I don't give a shit what it's about, what program, what thing, what idea, what concept. The second you talk about raising taxes, I say no. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. If you look at what just happened in Florida, okay, big hurricane, big destruction, $15 billion bill that needed yeah. to be passed to yeah. put money down there. There's one guy on the floor, Representative Paul, who's saying, where's this money coming from? And it was like, everybody just voted for it. Why? Because it was a bleeding heart. We felt bad. We had to send money down there. We had to just do it. Well, who the hell is going to pay for it? Meanwhile, we spend billions and billions and billions and billions and billions overseas feeding, clothing, and sheltering people while we have vets on our street that are not fed, not clothed, and not sheltered. So when you talk about raising a one dime, and I don't give a shit where on the spectrum you want to raise it, I say no. We are already taxed way too much, period, across the board. Any, any dime of tax, 
I will tell you right now, I'll tell the people, and I've been very candid with this in my campaign, I will vote no for it 100 out of 100 times if it involves a dime of a tax increase. I mean, you, you, we have to treat this government the same way that we treat our home, okay? It's really not that complicated. Well, Sean, there's so much that we spend. If you stop spending so much damn money, you solve a lot of problems economically. The problem is, is if you make $100,000 a year, but you spend $200,000 a year, eventually that's going to catch up with you. And eventually you're now no longer solvent, meaning I can't even make the minimum payments on my credit cards. That's when you go broke. Right. That's where we are as a nation. Right. So it has nothing to do with the tax or the income. My income has nothing to do with it. It's the matter that I'm spending so much damn money. So when you talk taxes, my instant you know, desire is to go over here and say, let's talk spending. Why are we spending money on, da, 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 on yeah. all of these other things? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, like some point if, and if I believe that if our, those who hold the, uh, our debt would mm -hmm. collect and say, I want to bring it, I want to collect on that debt, we would not be able to. Make well, we're, we're, we're insolvent as a nation right now. Yeah. We are insolvent. Make no mistake about it. I don't care what guy wants to put some sort of BS in front of you and say, well, ba -ba 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 -da 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 and appreciation, inflation, yeah. bullshit. Yeah. We are insolvent as a nation. We are literally that person collecting a hundred grand a year, spending 200. That is us as a nation. Okay. Okay. So to wrap up here next uh, 10 minutes or so. Cool. Um, I'm going to just do a little rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire Let's and go. then I'm going to wrap it up with um, your platform and just cool. give you some, you know, uh, some answers on that one. So number one, um, where do you stand on the wall? Yes, no, do you like it, do you don't? What do you, what We're do you too smart for a wall. If there's a place where we can build a wall and it's the most efficient way to protect our border, God bless America, build a freaking wall. If there's a different way that's more efficient, more cost-effective for us, and is as secure, do it that way. Dude, we have, we're freaking sending rockets to the goddamn freaking planets and universes and the whole thing. We can figure out how to protect our border very, very efficiently. The NFL protests. Whatever. Could care less. I'm hanging out with my kids and doing my thing. Let them kneel. They want to kneel. Let them kneel. BYU or Utah? Football. No, Notre Dame. <laughs> Go Irish. Go Irish. I like that. Uh, so they're doing well this year. They got a shot. They are um, doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, illegal immigration. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is probably hard to do in a rapid fire. That's okay. kind of loaded. How do you solve it? Or how do you work towards solving it? Um, I think what we need to do is we need to have immigration, period, uh, a far more defined system. Our immigration system is broken. To legally come into this country, we have some serious problems. I mean, you're talking 6, 8, 10, 12-year yeah. wait to, to come here legally. So it naturally pushes the illegal agenda. Um, I think that there's a lot of people here. I have a personal friend. I'll, I'll share this really quickly. I have a personal friend here who came here when he was 18 years old. He had a, uh, a, a student visa. He overstayed his student visa. Broke the law. Got it. I'm not defending the guy at all. But I will say he became very, very successful. He started employing people. He hired some of the best immigration lawyers in the country and was begging America to stay. He wanted to pay taxes. He was offering to do that. There's, from my estimation and what I'm seeing, this isn't the only story of this. There's hundreds of thousands of people in that same that same scenario where our immigration and or illegal immigration basically makes them a criminal in America and we're trying to kick them out. Yeah. We, need to, we need to absolutely 150% sit down and, and really look at like, okay, the people that are here, what do we do here? We're trying to fix the entire thing with one blanket solution and it's yeah. not possible. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, Which, by the way, my friend ended up getting deported. He ended up getting he ended up getting deported. So he's begging America. I want to stay. He was paying lawyers tens of thousands of dollars to stay. He was literally wrote letters to the IRS saying, "I want to pay taxes. How can I become a legal citizen to pay taxes?" And they basically said no, and he ended up getting deported. Is he still? He's gone. He he apparently from uh, from my understanding, he got letters from someone. The government said that you'll never be able to apply for a green card or a residency again. I can't. I, that's what I heard through friends and the whole thing. But you know, knowing wow. that even if there's any remote truth to that, it's it's really sad. Okay. Okay. So final segment here. Um, you on your your quote unquote, I guess official. Uh, video where you're making fun of the politicians. You got the manure and all that good stuff, which is awesome. But at the end, you give us your platform. Right. And you first start off with term limits. Mm-hmm. How do you get these guys on board with you? You, you can. You do it the same way I'm talking about taxes. So you're saying... As a congressman, you put in the legislation to establish term limits, and there'll be some that will vote for you. There's your team. There'll be some that vote... Majority that will vote against you. There's your opposition. Now you go to work. Now you go You go put those guys on the And we just use the, we use the court of public opinion to ultimately say, well, you can either bow out on your terms or we'll just replace you with someone else. Uh, tax reform. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you said you want to have just a single page. Here's the taxes. What's on that one page? I, I don't see any reason why we can't make a flatter consumption tax work. Tax works. Now, everybody will say, well, Ted Cruz talked about this and da 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 the whole thing. What 99.9% of the conversation has been about is the taxes and not about the spending. And that's the reason that so few people have been able to mathematically make it work because no one really wants to talk about spending. No one really wants to cut the shit that we're spending. We spent two, last year, spent $2.7 million in our budget in Afghanistan setting up centers to teach Afghanis people how to apply to the United States of America for federal grants. $2.7 million was spent teaching Afghanis people how to get money from America. Hmm. There's shit like that till the cows freaking come home. Yeah. You're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars of waste. That, that Again, who, who's telling us that it's not waste? The teachers that say, ask me to go to the bathroom. They're t- well, we have to spend. We have bullshit. I bet you, I bet you $1,000 right now. You ask 25 million Americans... Would you like to pay through your taxes $2.7 million to teach Afghanis people how to get money from America? I, I bet you you might get one person that will say yes. Yeah, yeah. I bet you 19 point whatever million people would be like, hell no. We start acting like that and having an open dialogue and an open system through this beautiful thing we call social media. You're going to literally rip apart the entire system a hell of a lot faster than what most people think. So is your idea then to um, even put those th- that spending, right, the wasteful spending that we have on the media then? 100%. Going blast. All of, it. All of it. Look, it's your dollars and my dollars that are funding, sure. man. Yeah. Like it's just they're buried in pages and buried in pages and buried in pages. What I want to do is I want to, I want to hire a, a very, very, very literate team to figure out and literally dive into where we're spending our money. Yeah. Like all of it. It's yeah. not hard to do. I mean, you, you can literally sit down and have a team of people that will figure out where we're spending all of our money. Yeah. And now you take that to the American people and say, your congressman, one man or woman, voted for this. Would you, the people, through social media, in Ohio, in Virginia, in Florida, like to continue to keep spending this money? And nobody's willing to do that. Their own congressmen and women aren't, aren't willing to do that. That's how you create the radical change. It sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, but whether you are elected, become a member of Congress, that's something you can do regardless. Mm-hmm. 
Are you planning, would you like to go down that road no matter what happens, whatever the outcome is? I, I would love to, to win. I, yeah. I, I'm not running for second place. I understand that, you know, getting into this thing and, and not raising very much money and, and putting a lot of my own money into this and, and jumping in as late as you can, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, a week from today, but I'm not stopping. I, I mean, I, I intend to win on Tuesday. It's the same way Conor McGregor goes into a fight. He's like, I'm going to beat everybody's ass. I'm the same mentality. Yeah. Like I could get into a ring right now and fight Mike Tyson. I'm going to kick his ass. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's a mild possibility that guy's <laughs> going to rip your freaking head off. Right. But you know what? I'm the dude who's going to get in there and do it. And win, lose, or draw, I'm going to learn something from that. And I feel the same way with this election that, there's a very real possibility I could lose. There's a very real possibility I could win. But either way, I'm not stopping the fight. Great. Um, fix healthcare. What's broken and how do you fix it? That's, again, you can spend three hours talking about that. We could spend hours and hours on it. Let me give you a really, really cool example and why we have, we have to fix this. The government cannot do it better than us. And my platform has been very simple. And you can run this across any topic, any deal. The government has not proven to be more economic, more profitable in any arena than the private sector. That's point number one. Point number two, my physician here in Provo, Cotton Tree Family Practice. Anybody listen to this? Look them up. Look up what I'm talking about. They have a private in-house healthcare system where I spend $50 a month for my healthcare. And that's 99.9% .9 of anything, everything from a broken bone to stitches to, you know, all of the shit that you and I typically go to a doctor for, yeah. you know, you're not talking catastrophic, you're not talking brain surgery, stomach surgery, anything like that. But I have used that as my healthcare for years. And it's a brilliant, they have thousands of their patients using this healthcare. And I think what's really cool is, is looking at opportunities to say, okay, well, what kind of catastrophic insurance could I have if I did get smashed by a car, if I did fall off a freaking building and my bones are popping out, whatever, whatever. But there are so many better ways that we have than Obamacare. So my personal opinion, get rid of Obamacare and let's have conversations like we're having right now and not just have conversations, but sh put shit in place. If I could put him on blast and put him out to the media and have 10,000 other doctors and physicians and, and, and practices around the country doing the same thing, you have millions and millions and millions of people that can take advantage of that. Like today, right now. Yeah. Like no bullshit about it. Yeah. There's no pre-existing conditions with these guys. There's no anything. You literally walk in, you pay your 50 bucks, you're covered. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, at least from my, my personal experience, right? I mean, I've... I went to the doctor for the first time in probably 15 years, about six months ago. So I've been paying premiums for myself mm -hmm. and my family. Thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars. Right? And I've done, never used it, mm -hmm. other than maybe a physical or a checkup or whatever, right? So, and that's going to some insurance company. Right. Why can't I have my doctor, I'll pay you 50 bucks a month. Right. And my 500 friends do the same thing, and if I have a broken bone... Well, you guys have got that, the funds to cover. That's exactly what these guys are doing. That's, what, yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. So people say, oh, well, repeal Obamacare and place it. You know, I, I think free market is 150% better than what the government's doing. But that is free market. That is across state lines. He is offering health care to anybody that wants it, no pre-existing conditions. And here's ultimately what it covers. And literally 90% of anything that you go through, deal with, it's health related. Yeah. It's covered under your, under your deal. And it's brilliant. It's yeah. absolutely genius. Yeah. Like as, as people were asking these questions about Obamacare and healthcare and the whole thing, I'm like, dude, if we could take his model and his system and roll it out to 
300 million Americans and find out who their physicians are. Most of them probably don't even have a freaking physician. Let's get them a physician. Let's get offices and doctors all over the country doing this exact same thing. It's obviously working and very, very profitable for him right. as, as a medical practice. Right. You literally solved the entire healthcare system right there with what this office with thousands of patients is already doing here in Provo, Utah. Very cool. Uh, last one, you say defend our liberty, you want to get government out of our lives. Yeah. Um, I, where, where is government overstepping? Where, where are they not overstepping? <laughs> this is going to be our Sean William podcast here in another sure. month or so, right? We're gonna this. So, yeah, I mean, what are your, your big things where you'd like to see them move away? There, there's a lot of different things. I'd love to get rid of, you know, the IRS. If you go to a flat or consumption tax, it's really simple. You don't need to spend billions of dollars on the Internal Revenue Service. I don't agree with the IRS, period, as, as, as an entity. Uh, the Department of the Federal Department of Education, I would love to see the states keep their tax revenue. Have you keep, my, me keep my tax revenue here in the state for my own children. I'd love to see the states take over um, on uh, education. It makes more sense. A, a bureaucrat 2,000 miles away trying to dictate education for millions and millions and millions of children and Common Core and all this other stuff. We, we understand now why it's not working, why our kids are, are not, not advancing and growing, and we have really a, a society of kids that are graduating in debt up to their freaking eyeballs with not a freaking damn clue how to go make any money, balance a checkbook, start a business, hell, even create a freaking spreadsheet to, to create a budget. You know what right, I mean? Right. These are the things that our kids need to be taught, which I don't believe the federal government's ever going to get around to. Why? Because raising a generation of sheep is very, very profitable for them. Um, I would love to see those things happen. I mean, immediately you, you do some of that stuff, you get them out of the, the insurance business, the education business, and keep the federal government protecting the interests of this nation, protect our borders, protect the, the, the interests of this nation and let us handle everything else. That's the way that I'd love to see this country run. Awesome. I believe that's how it was founded. I believe, I mean, George Washington had to be drug to be president of the United States of America. He wasn't like, hey, I'm in, get vote for me. He's like, no, no, I want to go home and make my whiskey and be on my farm. Yeah. And they're like, no, we need you, bro. We need you. I want to move back to a system like that where somebody comes, you know, your wife is watching one of my videos from D.C. and eventually nudges you while you're sitting on the couch. And it's like, all right, dude, get in. It's your turn. Yeah. You go do your two, your two terms of, of civic duty, then come the hell home and go help our children and our great-grandchildren and, and ensure that the government stays the hell out of our lives. You mean you're not in it for the presidential library? Dude, I got a great library at my house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I, I believe in this country. I believe in how it was founded. Um, I believe in rebellion. I believe that, that the founding fathers were, were committing treason when, when this country was founded, but we've moved so far away from even a thought process of that where we can't take on the government. We, you get a letter from the IRS and you get scared. We live in an age where you get scared of this authority. Think that through. That's not how this country should be. That's not how you should be waking up. I should be waking up. That's not how should we, we should be teaching our children. I want our kids to wake up with freaking every opportunity to thrive, to grow, to expand as humanly possible. We are putting them on a conveyor belt, pushing them down this line and wondering why they're all turning out the way that they are. And candidly, that's compliments of our federal government. Yeah. Well, speaking of our kids, Sean, it's Halloween. Yeah, we got kids ready for trick. I think they're getting ready to go trick or treat. Yeah, we should get out of here. It's about that time. So go put on our, our costumes. Yeah. Oh boy, here we go. But anyways, thanks so much for the time. Thank really you. Really appreciate it. And yeah, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. We'd love to. Bye, man. Thanks.